0: Right. Good morning. Thank you, Terry. What a great song. I want that song at my funeral. That's an awesome song. Uh, do you ever have one of those mornings? Maybe today was one of those mornings for you, but I, t- this morning I had one of those mornings. When uh, I'm when i, when I um, getting ready to preach on a Sunday, my morning is kind of segmented in a certain way to kind of get ready to do this. And I have a certain way I like to do things and kind of prepare myself to do this. But today, this morning was all different. I wasn't able to do those things. Um, my parents were in town visiting, which was wonderful. What a gift. So I took them to the airport this morning. So it included, I've already been to the airport and back. And then uh, when I jumped in the car to come here, flat tire. Tire was flat. And so it meant dealing with that, trying getting on all fours with a jack, you know, under there and trying to got the thing all jacked up. And then I got on with the, the what's the thing, socket, wrench thing, whatever. And then the lug nuts won't come off. And so I'm banging on that thing, I'm jumping on it, I won't come off, we're scrambling. Anyways, all that to say, we're here. But my mom used to always tell me when I was little, if we're having a hard time getting to church, God's going to do something special. Now, I mean, this is going to be a good one. So we're in for a treat. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to be, but we're in for a treat this morning. God must have a plan if if we had to go through all that just to get here. so uh, And it's very fitting this morning, we're talking about the things that the devil does to hinder God's word from working in our hearts. The things in our lives that prevent God's word from taking hold and becoming fruitful. So uh, that's what we're addressing today. So it seems very fitting to have a a morning with distractions and things that seem to be pulling away. So um, because as you would all agree, we all realize the point of the word of God is to produce fruit in our life, to have impact. Like ideally, when you come here, it's not just to hang around nice people and to feel good. Well, hopefully something's going on with the word of God in your life that's, that's impacting you, that you're different because of this, that I'm different, You're different. we're all different because of our study of this, that um, as we submit ourselves to the word of God, there's change uh, in us. Jesus talks about how you'll know a tree by its fruit, like the, the tree is, is shown by its fruitfulness, about the change in it, and so that's the hope in us is that there'd be change um, from the word of God in our lives. And so in this morning's passage, as we're studying the life of Jesus and as the um, source of our joy and our path of joy, following him as a path of joy, as we're studying the life of Jesus this morning, he's addressing this question to the disciples. There's all these crowds following him, all these crowds listening, and the disciples are saying, and they ask, like, why are some getting it and others aren't? Some are responding, but so many aren't. They don't get it. Like, what, why, do you, why, do not, why do so many not understand and not get it? And he uses a parable to answer that question to them. And I think there's some truth in this parable for us today in addressing um, the things in our life that make the word unfruitful. Okay, okay. so um, our passage this morning is Luke chapter 8. Hello, Zoomers. Duke, uh, Luke chapter 8 is our passage. We're going to start at verse 4. It's 4 through 15. I'll skip a, a few verses in the middle just to keep it moving. But uh, Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 4. And we have it in the bulletins here, guys, uh, on the green sheet. All right, this is what it says. Again, this is the word of Je- words of Jesus uh, as he's in the midst of teaching. All right, verse 4, chapter 8. While a large crowd was gathering, and people were coming to Jesus from town after town. so a bunch of people around. He told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, planting and all that. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. was trampled on. Birds ate it up. Some, that seed, fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And then later he says to the disciples, he reveals the meaning of this. This is directly to the disciples in verse 11. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. Isn't it nice he defines it for us? This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Let's pray. God, I pray that by your spirit you would grant us insight this morning. Insight into ourselves, insight uh, to how we uh, receive your word, insight to the things we fill our lives with and the things we prioritize. God, we want to be fruitful soil, ready to grow. And so, God, I pray that you would do that work in us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so in this, uh, this, this parable, Jesus does something. He uses uh, a share, common shared knowledge that they would all have something they know, to then compare it to teach something that they don't yet know. And this is an agricultural society. Like, they knew planting, they knew crops, they knew sowing the seeds, they knew soil, they knew all that. This was right up their alley. So when he starts off talking about soil, everybody's like, oh, I know about this. And so he's taking a common knowledge to teach something new. And our foundational truth, I want to start with this. Um, That's just as we look through this together, kind of a starting point, I want to make sure that we're on the same page as this. Uh, This is your foundational truth. I mean, your first fill in the blank. If you like to do those, first fill in the blank is this: the effectiveness of the word of God is dependent on the receptiveness of the listener, on the receptiveness of the listener, uh, and this is clear because in each one of these situations, where sometimes the seed grew not at all, sometimes it grew a little, sometimes it grew a lot, um, they all these situations had the exact same seed. There's no difference in the seed. The seed was the same. And, if, and as he defined it so clearly, the seed in this situation is the word of God. So the word of God, the message is the same in each one of these situations. So the effectiveness of the word of God isn't because of the word and, and different how it's all that stuff. It's all about um, the receptiveness of the listener. So those are the different soils in these in this parable lays out these different soils. And these soils represent the receptiveness of the, the listener, the different situations, the different settings, the different circumstances that each person finds himself in. And so um, I know we're not agricultural people, but I'm sure together we can figure this out and follow along what this means for us and things we can apply here in Long Beach and in our own lives. And I'm going to do something a little different today. Hope you don't hate me. Uh, we'll find out, right? Um, so as we're, we're a small small group, and we don't need to be all high church and all that. So part of this um, part of the message today, I'm going to be asking questions that you could answer, like not just in your head, but like answer. Um, so we, we interact a little bit. Now, if you're like, all of a sudden your hair in the back of your head, standing up and you're getting a little nervous, no one's getting called on. I will not like point out anybody, but I'll be asking a few questions throughout of examples and things. And you could like, feel free to. Raise your hand and share, all right? So I just want to, we're going to try something new and another way to help to help us focus on what God's teaching us and maybe interact with the truth in a little different way. Since we're, such a, we're, you know, we're a small group, we shouldn't uh, hold us back too much to be able to do that. Okay, so as we study this, this is what we're going to be looking at. What undermines the fruitfulness of the word? What are the things in our lives that undermine the fruitfulness of the word? And there's three things, there's three different paths where the, the seed does not grow as it should. And so we're going to look at each one of these three paths to see what it's or each one of these three soils uh, to see what it is about them that that made the word not be fruitful in the life of the recipient okay so the first one was uh let's go to we'll look at the bottom because that's the definition i think that's uh, a little easier the bottom half so verse 12 is the first one this is the, the the soil the seed that's planted along the path and this is what it says again those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Okay, so this is an immediate thing. Like, at the moment of speaking, there's some that they hear it, but it never even gets there, because the devil snatches it away. So, okay, first question I want you to think on, and if you have an answer, go ahead and raise your hand. I'll, feel free to share. Think of what are some of the ways the devil does this in our lives? Like even here in this room sometimes. Yeah, Cecilia. Huh? Problems. Okay, so your mind's on other things. Your mind is on problems, all right? So he has problems in your life. You have a flat tire, and you has got to know you still got to fix it when you get home, right? And you're going to figure out if you can do AAA or whatever, if you can get to the tire shop or not. All right, so we're distracted by problems. Any other ways the the devil, what he can do, what he does to prevent the word from ever even taking hold? Yeah. Okay, so you're uh, p- people-pleasing, worrying about what others think. And so it's more about that, about how I look amongst others, rather than being available to the word. And, and so hearing something and rejecting it because of that. Yeah, these are great examples. I'm sure there's so many more where the devil will be active. So the word of God goes forth, and the devil is active in that moment to try to prevent it from ever taking hold. And this is something the devil has done since the beginning of time. Right? Think all the way back to the garden. They were with God, they knew God. God gave them one instruction, right? The only instruction they had. They could do whatever, one instruction: don't eat from that tree." And what does the devil do? Two-fold plan. He's still doing the two-fold plan today. He denies God. He, ca- he denies God, and then he dis- causes distress for God. So first he denies God and he says, did, "Did he really say you can't eat from that tree in the garden?" Did he really say that denying God? He said, no you surely won't die if you eat that no that's not right denying god what are they, what denying what god is saying like no that's not true and he does that today sometimes right we will we'll hear the word of god in our lives we'll be reading it with like no that can't be right that's not true that's not how things work that can't be right and we, we we reject it or even if we think it could be true also the devil causes distrust for god so after he says that can't be right no you surely won't die then he says Oh, he just knows that if you eat that fruit, you'll be just like him. God's holding out on you. He doesn't want what's best for you. He doesn't, he's withholding good things from you. You you can't trust him. You go ahead and do what you do. So I think the devil is constantly doing in this, in in our lives today, in the lives of the people um, up and down these streets, denying God, saying, no, that's not right. That can't be true. Um, And then just trust for God. He's He's trying to hold stuff out from you. That's not a good path. You don't want to follow that path. This, and, and so what that is, the first way, that first thing that undermines the, the fruitfulness of God in our life is immediate unbelief. Immediate unbelief. So in the moment, we hear it and we don't believe it. So he says, the one who hears it, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe. So the immediate unbelief, rejection. No, that can't be right because of all these reasons. All right. And the devil steals it away. All right, so that's the first one. Verse 12 uh, talks about the first soil, the stuff along the path, where it's an immediate unbelief causes us to reject the word and and so it can't be fruitful in our life. Uh, Next one, uh, verse 13. Next soil, the rocky ground. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. It's great news. They receive it when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away, and it, it um, on the earlier part it talked about there's uh, there's no uh, um, there's no root for it because it's such shallow soil it's rocky ground it's shallow there's there's nothing to it it's just rocks it, it's shallow um, It's a shallow soil that, that that the so roots cannot take place um, so next question for you as we think about this about a shallow soil in what ways can our faith be shallow? Think about shallow, like a shallow faith, a, a faith without root. What way? What way can our our faith be shallow? Yeah, Jose. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. Just willing to go along with it. As long as it's good for me, as long as it causes a smile, then I'm in. But as soon as something bad goes, as soon as it gets hard, now I'm out. I want to have nothing to do with that. And it's a response that says, if yeah, if it's, if it's going to cause something good, yay, I'm on it. But as soon as anything bad happens, I'm off this ship. I'm going to try something else. And it produces this shallow, this shallowness of faith. Um, so the second thing, the uh, first was immediate unbelief. The second is eventual hardships, eventual hardships. So it's saying that, so the first one immediately says, I don't believe. The second one says, no, I believe I'm in, I receive it with joy. But eventually when you follow Jesus, it's going to get hard, right? There's going to be uh, some hard parts of that. And some of us are only along for the ride as long as it's easy. And as soon as it gets hard, as soon as obedience is no longer convenient, we're out. Say, no, I'm not doing that. And when we do that, it limits the, the effectiveness of faith in our life, the, the, the fruitfulness of faith. Uh, it says, when the time of testing comes, falling away. Isn't that interesting? The time of testing, or the, the, the literal is the time, the time of the trial. So it's almost like your faith is put on trial. And like it, 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 it's this confirming process of, will you sustain your faith through difficulty, through trials, through hardships? And often we think of trials and hardships as, well, that's from the devil. But isn't it interesting that I think almost this sounds like it's almost from God. It says when, it's, when your faith is tested and trials come, it's almost like God is confirming your faith and, and, and solidifying it through these, these times of testing. Um, and notice it mentioned in there, root. It, it, it's shallow soil. It's rocky, so it, it has no root. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about roots, but think of it this way. Think how tall a tree is it's this long, tall, narrow piece of wood with the branches sticking out, but all the way is tall and narrow. I grew up in Washington and there are just trees everywhere. Any place that's not a road or a building is a tree. Like literally it's just all forest and they had to cut spaces out to live in. That's how there's just trees everywhere. And uh, like, I think I've shared this before but my backyard was literally a forest. We would open the doors. We had trees right up to the house. Like there was no lawn back there, no grass, no open space. And the wind would blow, and those trees would shake, go back and forth in the wind. And I thought, man, if any one of these comes down, and it would make me really nervous because the trees, especially at the top, are really moving. And I'd get so nervous, and my parents would tell me, no, no, it's fine. As long as they're moving, it's fine because that means they're being held by their – there's a whole root system underground that's holding it. They have really long roots that are very strong. And they can – so when the storm comes, that, that tree stays where it is because of its roots that's what sees it through that that big storm through the wind and, and flooding and all that you know trees come down in floods um, that's only the roots will no longer hold so the roots is what keeps the tree through that and so when it's uh, so using that same analogy Jesus is pointing out this 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 rocky soil it's shallow there's no root and the root is what sees it through the hard times and so it's important if we have a shallowness to our faith it's going to limit god's the, the word of god's affecting us in our life if we have a shallow faith that has no root, when the hard times come, whoop, we're out, and we're going to try it our own way, and we're going to wait till we hear some good news again. Because that—that's—that's that's, you know we we don't want anything hard. This idea of this shallow soil, this so this when the eventual hardships do come, and they will come, Jesus says in this world you will have trouble, and there's going to be there's going to be difficulty, there's going to be trial, I'm um, going to be uh, testing of faith. Uh, so seeing that through. So uh, if we're unwilling to endure hardships, that's gonna limit the, the, the fruitfulness of God's word in our life. All right, the last one, last one, verse 14. This is the one I think is the uh, most compelling and also most sneaky. Uh, verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So they're choked, they're, the idea of weeds, uh, choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, so they do not mature. Um, the literal translation is a little different. It, this is how it says in the literal, trans, like word, word, word. It's, um, they're choked by cares, by the cares, riches, and pleasures along the way by the cares, riches, and pleasures along the way. So it's kind of saying like as you're living along the way, along the way of life, the cares, the riches, and the pleasures choking out the fruitfulness of the word of God in your life. And usually I would read this and think, oh, this is kind of bad stuff. Life's worries, you know, we get worried. But I don't think this is talking about the bad stuff. You need to think of, read it the, directly. The cares, cares are good. The things I care about, riches. Of course, riches are good. Pleasures, we love pleasures. So the cares, riches, and pleasures along the way. Things that we would say are good. Things that we would say we want. Things we're building our life to have. And yet these things choking out the word of God in our life. So this is the final question I want to put out there to you guys on this one. How is it that these things that we would think of as good, the things we care about, the, our, our, our riches, our, our possessions, those things, um, our pleasures, the things we enjoy, how could those things possibly hinder the Word of God in our life? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Yeah 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 that's absolutely right. So these things they're good, but when they take the place of God, it becomes bad. If they become first in life, then all of a sudden that's that's where problem happens. Good. Anyone else? Yeah, Noah yeah. 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 So those things fill our life to the point there's no room for God. They become, we're centered on those things where they're centered on God. So the third one, um, so it was immediate unbelief, eventual hardship, and then third, potential prosperity. Potential prosperity. Down the line, the, the slow move, the one that creeps into our life and chokes out the word of God's effectiveness in our life, Maybe it's prosperity, the things that we want, these things that are good. And you guys are right on, I think, And why it could be bad. Think about, um, remember in the first first half when he's using a parable, he called them weeds. You know why weeds are bad? If you have a garden, you know why weeds are bad? Yeah, they choke out everything else. They steal all the resources. It's not that the weed is some lesser plant, but it's not supposed to be there. And then when it's there, it takes all the nutrients from the soil, it sucks up the nutrients, it soaks up the water from the plants who really need it, and it gets bigger than them, and their big old leaves stick out and steal the sunlight from the plants that are supposed to have it. And so that's the same way with these things that are good in our life, right, the things we care about, um, the, our, our wealth, our money, um, the pleasures, the things we enjoy, those are all good things, but beware, they can choke out the Word of God from our lives, choke out the effectiveness of the Word of God in our life. So, if the resource we have is our attention, the resource we have is our um, our focus, and we put our focus on all those things: our cares, our our our, our money, our our pleasures. Our, our focusing on that instead of on the Word of God. So, so, picture the Word of God being like the plants that are wanting to grow, and this big old these weeds are growing up, and one is our finances, and one is Our pleasures and one of the things we care about and how they just soak up all the resources in our life, all of our attention, all of our devotion. And instead of submitting ourselves to the word of God, we're submitting ourselves to those things. And I think that's why. Church, capital C of America, we suffer a lot from lack of faith or maybe a weak faith because of this last reason. We have all these big old weeds growing, and we, we declare our faith, and we say we're a people of faith, but we've allowed these weeds just to grow up and to take precedent over the Word of God in our lives. And we're, yay, the Word of God, unless it gets away in one of these other things that we enjoy so much. And is it possible that these, these good things, this prosperity that we would all say we want we're all aspire to, um, it, it can get to the point where it chokes out the Word of God? Remember when Jesus uh, met the rich guy? Some rich guy came to talk to him. And they had this little exchange, and Jesus said to the rich guy, Give away all your possessions, give it to the poor. And the rich guy went away sad because he wasn't able to do it. And Jesus made this comment He says, Oh man, it is so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, which kind of blew their minds because they thought rich being, you know, having that stuff was God's blessing. And that means that was God affirming your life. And Jesus was like, Oh man, this is so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Pretty much what he's saying, man, those weeds are enormous in a guy's life. Oh, that's such a, what, such a pain. He's going to have a hard time getting rid of those weeds. And I'm saying, you get you don't have things that you care about and you don't have pleasures. But let's call, be reminded of the ways that let's be aware of the things they do to prevent the word of God from being effective in producing fruit in our lives. It gets crowded out by these other things. Okay, so here's some stuff, right, that, that undermines the fruitfulness of God in our life. It's this immediate unbelief. Like when we hear it, we're like uh, immediately reject it because of whatever reason. God, the devil comes and takes it away in the, from a, this immediate unbelief. Or eventual hardships we receive with joy and like, yeah, I want to do this is what I want. But as soon as it gets hard, and it will get hard, boink, I'm out. Or finally, potential prosperity. We're following God. We're following, word of God is growing in our lives. But then we have all the other things growing up in our lives along with the Word of God, and they begin to choke out the Word of God, these other things that we, we want to have in our lives. So being aware of these, these things that undermine the fruitfulness of God in our lives. And then finally, it says the good soil. What we really want in verse, 14, or verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word retain it, and by persevering produce a cro- produce a crop. So, in the um, original translation, the original text it says this: um, the good soil with the uh, with a, with a, a worthy and good heart. It says who hear the word hold fast to the word, and then bear fruit in patience. So, hear the word, hold fast to the word. So, listen to it, then hold it close, like grip it, and then it says uh bearing fruit in patience so if we really want to see the word of god bear fruit in our life it happens through patience through endurance Is not something like it happens not now like everything else in culture that happens now it happens in patience so we hear it we hold tight to it and then in patience produce fruit and if you think about you know you guys remember when uh in kindergarten and you Plant the kidney bean in the soil, in the in the plastic cup, and you put water on it, and you plant it, and you watch it. And then nothing happens. And you think, that was stupid. Where's my Game Boy? All right? And you move on to something else. I I think the Word of God can be like that in our lives. We, we think, okay, I hear it. I'm going to hold it tight. Uh, and then nothing happens in that moment. But it's in patience, it's in endurance that the Word of God produces fruit. So let's not lose sight of that. Let's be the noble hearted, the good hearted, hear the word, hold it close, and then in patience, bearing, bearing fruit in patience. Okay, so closing question is this. As you, I'm hoping where your mind is going as we've been talking about this stuff. Uh, closing question is this. Is there anything hindering the word in your heart? Is there anything hindering the word in your heart? Is, it a lack of, is there a lack of belief in your heart that's hindering the word, the effectiveness of the word? Is there a shallowness in your heart that you're only in as long as things are easy, but things start getting tough and you know you and it's like, yeah, I usually bail in that moment. Or maybe is your heart so crowded with these things that are good, but so crowded there's no room for the word of God to grow and it limits the God's growth, God, the word of God to grow in your heart. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you speak into our lives. Thank you so much that you bring about life change. And God, thank you so much that that change takes a life, uh, lifelong. And God, I pray for all of us. You would strengthen us. You would do that work uh, tilling the soil of our hearts to keep us ready to hear from you and to remain in you uh, as we see your word growing, producing fruit in our lives. And so, God, we submit our lives to you. I pray that you would do that work in us. Thank you so much for, not, for loving us as we are, but then not leaving us uh, in our current conditions, but bringing about change in us. We look forward to, to the day of your return. Until then, God, we cling to you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you Tom for that message. What a a privilege that God would give us his word that is so powerful to bring about transfer transformation in our lives, Um, but it is up to us to to be receptive to it. Um, And one of the ways we can be receptive to it is to keep our eyes fixed on God to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Uh, A.W. Tozer described faith as this. It's the gaze of the soul upon a saving God. So fixing our eyes upon God. that That is how he described faith. So um, as we respond to this song, we want to fix our eyes um, on God and continue to fix our eyes on the one um, who gives us his word, the one who brings about transformation through his word. And As so we continue to open ourselves and allow the roots uh, to grow deeper in our lives. So neither hardships, nor unbelief, nor prosperity would Undermine what God wants to do in and through us. So let's let's stand and let's sing.
2: Oh, sovereign God, oh matchless King, the saints adore. You Praise the Father Praise the Son Praise the Spirit